bring it together uh, address much larger issues that we're all dealing with, issues, issues of representation and ending oppression and dehumanization. Um, but what I, I really want to get into it is, is with everybody, and you can either jump into it, you can go down the line, what, what does Black Girls Matter mean to each of you? I'll get what you think about an answer. I'll talk real slow. Um, it matters to me because my experience working in the comic book industry, you know, there is just an absence of people of color in the profession and in the content that's put out often because of that. So for me, it was about you know, making sure that there were characters out there that looked like me. Like, I was inspired by people that had me like an alpha and and I just wanted to do that for I would say that um, Black Yellow matter to me because of the narratives that are like uh, the counter to our humanity. Um, America and the sovereignty of this country is kind of based on the dehumanization of our people. That is part of Black Yellow's function. So, um, my efforts and, and my, my co-founders in particular spaces are creating Black uh, narratives is to rehumanize the black body, um, to rehumanize the black body, because the dehumanization of us, the, uh, the hacking into of our stories, the definition of our culture is part of why particular issues are happening in our country. So I want to create a, a network of these types of events that enable us to not only empower ourselves economically, but also spiritually and move forward to the actual future. Doubling, or coming behind John, or his comment, to me, the concept of just walking around doing human things is disturbing to the level that people are telling you the camera is not the same. And we realize that as creators, we have the incredible power that we wield with these comments and narratives that we do because as they dehumanize us, as the brother suggested, the people who run the municipalities of judges, police officers, see these same narratives like the one in Birth of the Nation. And that power captures the mind in a way. If you start to live towards that person, what that narrative suggests. So I try to suggest that we all here have one of the most powerful forces today. It's much more powerful than war, the power of revolution in this room, because art is everything. Your concepts of your God is a, is a bit of an artistic thing, because it's an image that comes with that. It's a narrative that comes with that. Subjective narratives are very strong. So I'm going to change that narrative because love dominates everything in this show. We have to find a way to be loving and Artists are always key in that. We transform societies by getting into the subconscious of the people who experience art. For me, Black Heroes Matter is, I'd say, it's an SOS called a gold trophy. The shows where you see the red lights going off and the arm starts to sit down. And we come to a point in culture, especially a cultural point, 
and, and, and we are a community that does, and I'll get into this a little bit more, that does not actually fully understand the strength as consumers and our strength as human beings, which we're going to touch upon in just a little bit, but that's going back. Uh, yeah, um, for myself, I guess I relate to it, uh, a really interesting in terms of Black Girls Matter. Um, I'm, I, I, I was uh, joking with John, I, I, we, we call myself a, a flip van limbo, man out of time, because I was in the industry back in 1867 and I worked till the implosion in the mid 90s. I was out for 15 years and now, I mean, Representation, I mean, we are here. We're in every floor of this building. Cosplayers, creators, writers. You got some folks who are nationalists. You have some folks who are just completely mainstream. You have some folks who are indie. And uh, it's, it, representation is an important thing. Very important thing. It's a very poignant thing. But uh, I can tell you from having leapfrog for 10 to 15 years and now being here, we are in very, very good shape. We have the ability to create, uh, to ignore. No, we don't have to ask for permission anymore. Uh, we have a, a 15 billion pounds to the New York Comic Con, all scheduled at the same time. <laughs> and uh, that's one little thing to be a part of. So Black Heroes Matter, Matter uh, is a part of that. It's an important part of it, and uh, let's just keep it going. Um, for me, it's it's personal and it's historical. If you, everyone in this audience, closed your eyes and someone said, "Imagine a police officer shooting you." How long would you have to fight to see the race of the kid and the police officer? <laughs> I do that with my students every year, and they say, oh, oh, it's not my fault. I say, wait a minute, I wasn't in your head. I just told you to be the vision in your head. I didn't call the police. I didn't even say urban, which is the key word for black. Um, but I wanted you to think about how strong that image is. When I grew up, the, when I grew up, <laughs> You know, we keep the age, man. I thought it was like the old man. <laughs> <laughs> well, food was hard. The, uh, I grew up as a young man in Philadelphia. <clears throat> so, this is the day I have to fight this. If a white woman's walking in front of me, I back up. Because I didn't have to do anything for her. See, she's nervous, and I'm going to be snatched and taken downtown. But if you want to go Philadelphia, ask somebody about the roundhouse. These headquarters, two stories above ground. Four stories below. And if you went below, your chances of coming out and escape were almost impossible. That's what I grew up So when I was in the Hollywood Consortium, I still meet people who say, You have black comic books? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've been around a long time. The convention we have in Philadelphia every May, it's ironic we have in Philadelphia the first. All that comic book created there in 1947, all in queer comics, um, by a black reporter who basically said he got tired of no black people in comic books. There's certainly no positive roles. As a historian, I can tell you, if there were, there were never African Americans, unless they were 
rolling dice or wielding a razor, you know, or trying to talk to jive and the dancer. All the Africans are building Africans, and they know not even, you know, what they're doing as well. The times that you look at this table as truly changed, so it's my heart too, in that somebody wasn't discouraged by the words of somebody before. When somebody sees us, they won't be discouraged by creating our own. The very first convention we had, the two ends of the spectrum was this. 17-year-old young black boy who could be crazy. His first comic book, a gentleman who came and asked, could he join us? He even assumed that we had a place there. And he did his first illustrations of black people in advertising in the 1950s news, uh, newspapers. So we were well represented. Had a brother come down from Canada and he heard we were doing So initially was full. Let's be real. There was a time where some people who were genuine devotees would show up and nobody else would. We have changed the way we are viewed. You have changed the way we are viewed. When we have a convention that says we have a black comic, I can't tell you people, uh, is it okay if white people come? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not like the old days where we have no music. Yeah, we do. Because our voices can't be everywhere. We need you to carry our voices places you can't go, just like we carry your story as well. It just makes sense to me. I'm going to stop and put you on the other subject. Because one of the things that happened in meetings is stuff has turned around a lot. So black people's family doesn't need it, no one else does. For some reason, that keeps getting turned around. It doesn't need it, no one else does. You can write it. And it's also in the whole concept of black heroes matter in the writing creative space. Doesn't mean that all those heroes are created in heterosexual male people. Okay? So we, even within our culture, we have all these different layers and languages and codes that are yet to be explored. So it's, these things really bad. And just like Bill said, it's not like, oh, well, no, it's only us over here. Nobody else is allowed to see it, or hear it, or look at it, or read it, because then it won't grow. So I just want to make that, that point, because it's all about us seeing ourselves not being victims and being heroes, so that people reading, when they're looking at the craziness that's happening in real life, they can, you know, when you want to escape, you want to see yourself being again. You want to see yourself leading and, and, and rising and going above. And so that's what's really, really important, especially right now. We can use the entire time of the
And we live in a time of a new mythology that's being created. It's been going on now for well over 100 years. It really took root in this country in the form of the motion picture. Um, and then with the motion picture, the advent of pop culture as we know, printed media, and myth began to grow. Myth grew only within the constructs and confines and ideology of white supremacy. And so a lot of us were left out of that mythology. We lack our own mythology. We lack an explanation as to why we are here and what we are doing here and what role we serve other than the role of the hustler or the dealer or all these negative images that are all ultimately dehumanized. So when we talk about Black Heroes Matter, what we're talking about is creating a new mythology that explains how we are, who we are, why we are human beings, and why we matter. But it all comes down to that one thing, that we are not, nobody, most people, I think nobody in this room is, is, is this human being. We're not considered human beings because none of us are rich. I'm sure none of us are billionaires, none of us own property, none of us have the, the, the capacity to run a multi-billion dollar presidential campaign on lies. Those are the people who think they're human beings, right? And they constantly remind us that we are not so black heroes matter, and, and, and it's, it's, um, Karen said it, it isn't just about black men or black women. We're getting into issues of women, as, uh, uh, issues of people with disabilities, LGBT community, all sorts of people. Those people's lives matter, and what, and what we're trying to do, what we need to do as a community, is to begin to understand that it's all connected, right? Because the moment you allow one group of people to be oppressed, it just means you're waiting in line for your turn. Okay? And and, and, and a lot of people turn a blind eye, oh, that will never happen to us. And I'm like, yeah, no, um, what's happening to black folks in the streets right now in, in cities all across this country, eventually they'll run out of another of us to kill, and then they're just going to move on to the next group. And then there'll be people who'll be like, oh shit, maybe we should have said something. You know? um, so what I want to get into now is really what it is that we can do to build this community. Because I see, you know, I spend enough time on the internet, most of the time we see people fighting over things, you know. They don't like this, they don't like that. Um, oh, I can't believe Marvel did it this way. They don't care. DC didn't do it this way, they don't care. He doesn't care, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that, like, um, and I see some of the creators out in the audience, and there's a lot on the panel, too, that are, um, and I got to think, like, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm the guy who won the lottery ticket, right? I'm, I'm working at basically the, almost the highest level if you work in mainstream comics. And, and it really was. It was, it was a lot of hard work, but I got really lucky. Um, but I'm still in the trenches, and I'm still looking around, and I'm still supporting people. I'm still doing these kind of products. What I want to kind of get into is that how we as a community can, um, can continue to build what we have. Because what we have here right now, Allow me to get a police for a moment. Um, I'm not going to bullshit anybody in this room, but this is the equivalent of the Harlem Renaissance, what's going on right now. Okay? And, and I know that sounds like, real, like a lot of hubris and a lot of ego to say this, 
like on this panel right now, these are some of the baddest motherfuckers in the world, right? <laughs> Renaissance, when, when, when all these artists that some of you just know and love and respect are going through what they were going through, most of them were thinking, gosh, I think this is happening, but I'm not 100% sure, which is what we're all doing right now. And it becomes ours to lose. Like they can't take it from us. They think they can take it from us, but we can find all these different ways. And it's the same thing with hip hop. Hip hop eventually got a lot of that believe, but there was a time that was born in the streets where it was ours. Okay, and we made it work and we made it happen. We made it into, there are people on parts of this planet who have never met a black person in their life, but they are still impacted by hip hop every single day. In the music and listen to us in the fashion. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to talk about is how do we, how do we make sure that this moment that we're in isn't just a moment and isn't just a footnote? Because I think that the history of comics the history of black economies, like the whole new book needs to be written. It needs to be written right now. We are not a chapter. We are the next volume. And all of y'all are part of that volume. That's the key thing. It's not just us, because we can't do it alone. The people who raise their hands, Stacey Robinson out there is a creator. We can't do it alone. So again, creators, raise your hand real quick. Okay, let's see. Yeah, around the clock for all the creators. On fire. He what's the, I can't remember what's the name of your movie. Okay, has anybody seen this movie? I will ask this. Let's talk to this guy because you gotta see because this is like this, this is this is the movie the man doesn't want you to see. You know what I'm saying? And and, and there's comments kind of black. I guarantee you the the, the, the comments the man doesn't want us to see. You don't need to deal with the man. So let's get into this. I want to talk about some strategies. Okay, Timmy's like, he's jumping. Uh, so so uh, I, I teach at the New York Film Academy, so I, I have to film pieces all the time. So uh, you have content creators, and you have uh, content creators, you have a movement, right? Now, you have content creators, you have a So what's happening now is that because of the way that people create, consume, Distributed media is all digital at this point, right? Sure, you can still go to a store, but even the way this comic here or that comic there was made, they were all made digital. So, because of that, the way that people consume that media and absorb that media is completely different than it was even 10 years ago or 20 years ago. So, I have a 16 and 17 year old in my house, uh, and they don't care about. Even Netflix, they just care about YouTube. Can I access my video on YouTube? That you pay the internet. That's their concern. So as a result of understanding that and taking into consideration Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, all of the primary IPs were purchased by five companies. Those are gone. So now all of the executives, all of the independent makers have to actually find IP somewhere else. That's you. That's us. And trust me, they're going to find it. They're going to find it. So you could either wait for them to give you the money to do it, or you could do it yourself. Just like everyone in the theory is doing, and many folks in the world is doing. So, 
the tools in there, it's like six million dollars man. Grab the technology, use it. There's some people who don't know what the six million dollar man I get, get into my, as I'm, 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 i so if you stop supporting the comic book, you will stop supporting them because they will get hired again because they're booking the set. You okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so when yes, I'm I'm not an either or person when it comes to this. I'm really leaving on the end. So yes, I I am going to buy buy one of my house when it comes out. <laughs> in January, but I also support a flat picker. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to support the work. Now, I am also not supporting it if it's crap. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm not one of those people, you know, I'm not one of those people who's like, no, all the things, even though it looks like it's a job by a three-year-old. No. We also have to start Presenting a little of our own work too. I am not the person that's like, yes, everything that every single person of color does should be supported because we just need to get one out there. No, we're out there. Curate. But when it comes to what you were doing and talking about online, you can't boycott all the things because all of the artists are going to suffer. And you also might be assessing another artist at the site, like, that, like, I'm bringing up again, but if that book didn't make it, we don't want that to affect another person of color or female artist or whoever at the same company, but by them saying, well, you know, we put all our money behind this and it didn't sell and no one's one there, why should we do it again? Because we are lumping everybody into the same category. I just want to make sure that the way you can help is by reading and buying all the things that you like. If you see something that you like and you see something that you want, Buy it, support it. Also, if it's us, say so. Because it will not printing the stuff that's us. And consciously, um, the impact is double, and it's not just necessarily on the creator if something doesn't go well, especially corporate value. It also means, like, oh, well, I'm not getting sell, which means black comics don't sell. Like, Marvel isn't doing that. I'll be 100% honest. They are not doing that. Like, I know about stuff that I can't talk about, but there is somewhere there's somebody watching me sniping right now. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel Disney Sniper is real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, the thing is, is, is that it's a combination of, it's a weird combination of the creative force, but it's also a weird combination of, of just the content itself. And, and so I see a lot of people going, oh, well, I'm not going to read such and such because they don't have a woman writing it. And it's like, well, right now you need to understand how the industry works. And they haven't identified where a reasonable woman is. Oh my God, I'm swearing in that young man is in here. I am so sorry. I am so. Okay, but brother, I am. <laughs> 
you know, about me finding other creators of color to tell them their kind of stories, like Jeremy Love's body. I don't know if you ever read it, but check it out. You know? Who's coming out again next year? This is massive collection of body, and he's finishing it too, by the way. He was supposed to be here, but. That's what that went on DC. Like, they were, they were even paying attention. That was the first thing I went after, you know? You gotta get behind that table. Like, that's what's going to like, change the industry and bring positive change because it's, it's not, not malicious or anything, but, you know, those editorial staff, they, they don't have that perspective. Respect, you know? It's like a bunch of, like, people with one like ethnicity. They're not both of that kind of stuff. They might not be necessarily uh, this one, you know, we, we have a Friday night and talk about this. You don't know that you haven't seen it because you haven't seen it. Oh, I didn't know that I didn't a black comic. This is a black comic. Wow. You know, or a comic with an Asian character or a First Nation character or what have you. So sometimes you want to be malicious because you've never seen it before. So it's not even there. Oh, you even think about this being, you know, concept. I think also another thing that helps to build on that too. Think about hip hop. When we first started out, started out in the park, started out with us doing our thing on our own. And we built on it, we built on it. We were called the show, Rapids Craft, all kinds of different records that were thrown around about a few years. And when it started, and this probably going to cause some controversy, was when Biggie and Tupac had their beef and it became international. And Bible started covering it, and Rolling Stone started covering it, and now there's money being made outside of our money being made. Then the corporations are just saying, we've got to do something about this. That's what I'm called this option. And it's started changing in a way that was not what we were producing. So well, we, we missed a Nighthawk, or we missed another book, we missed a milestone. Um, I feel like we still need to continue to support those that are creating outside of the realm, so that way they can see there's money being made outside of We're not making that money. We gotta do something about it. Which is why I believe Tom and I are just doing so well. And all the other folks that are out there, because they're seeing our money is real. Our consumership is real. So if you support the people that are creating all these different things, the corporations will start paying attention to our money is all money. Remember, you need something else too, my brother. Um, often, we are convinced, you can sit everybody that's taking experience. A young person will come up and say, How can I get into the industry more still? And then you have to make them, so you have to make a choice. Are you about making some ducats? Or are you about creating art? Everybody in the table has made that choice. Uh, and they will all be somebody who wants to give you something for money. It's that thing to motivate you to be real and then we're we'll dead because we're going to have to run a lot faster than you think you to keep up with it. And what supposedly hot changes every day and day. So if you oh dude, and if you could, but if you're creating your own work, there will always be something relevant to be said. This is about storytelling. In fact, you know, Brother Walker said to me, this is about storytelling. If you really just want the money, Rob Banks. Do it. 
you have an idea and you have some ingenuity to put into it, it's like the, uh, what's it, um, there's a game, um, Aaron Vernon, like I just wrote a book called um, Game People Play. And one of the games is Yes But. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to start writing comic books. Well, you know it's going to take more time. Yes But I do so much. <laughs> um, well, then you just get to go out and go to college and study something. Yes But I got you know, it's always, always something as opposed to doing it. Doing it is the big part. If you bring yourself around to that, I think you'll ask me all the time, how do you do everything? And I feel like I'm behind. I feel like I'm not doing enough. There's so much more to do. You know? uh, oh, by the way, if you are a creative person, let me give you a hint. This is what's going to happen. You're going to die without all your projects completed. Don't let that stop. <laughs> all right, on that note, we'll go on to the next question. Tell me when I have another two or three, just so you know. So let's be quick. Thank you. So my question is to you talking about the dichotomy of day and them and bridging so at a higher level. How do you address your own medium of white privilege, male privilege, elitism, um, and things of classism, things like that, to create a new inspire a better society? Oh, in, in my story, I, I really try to analyze through the superhero narrative, really perspectives and motivations, because there's no real, like, bones of the story. Like, people are asking, oh, the white people are bad, and they're not. They're not. That's not some of the story. But people are driven by whatever their narrative is, and it's exploring that, and, they, and like, really digging into those motivations and humanizing it, even if it's and some people make bad decisions based on their history and misinformation that happened, but I think that's like the way that we bring this into the forefront to not like just trivialize them. Like, it seems like they're like one dimensional. Like, you're just a racist. But no, maybe you haven't been exposed to certain information that actually you can expect a lot. So that's kind of like how I'm trying to invest with people's lives. Have um, one way that I like to address it, and it's a little bit different than how he spoke it. Um, if I do a reversal on narrative, and it causes you to now ask me why are a certain group portrayed that way, to me that is a good way to have a have a conversation. Because if if you look at the response to Cage, Cage is being called racist, but Thomas isn't. So why does it require for racism to have a black face before it's recognized in media? I thought that was very odd. So if I make the villains white in my story, and you ask me why is that, I'll answer you by showing you what has been normalized, which is my disenfranchisement. So that's another way. And storytelling is so broad and it's function that it doesn't have to come from a level of hatred, but if your true intent is clarity and looking at the larger story, then the intent and the ideas that you want to forward makes it you realize that it becomes from a sincere place in you. All right, let's get the next question because we're running out of time. Okay, well, I got uh, my name is Seth Ferguson, um, we brought that to the studio, but, um, we have new books. Um, <laughs> is it, I just want to say, you're amazing, but it has no books? 
Quick question, can any one person define the moment that they decide to create their own representation? I mean, children, um, yeah. I mean, the reason why I created Jason Wise, my, my franchise character, is because I want my children, my, my three boys, I want them to be able to see something that looks like and save the world. That's <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> When I'm 17 years old, I created a story called The Ripley. So I walked into um, my local library and I was looking through manga. And in the manga, there was a woman being uh, sexually assaulted for about 30 years. And then the following book after was the same. And it affected me so deeply that I said to myself, it has to be something else. It has to be more. And if someone else can't make it, I will. So I'm not the best artist. I just started drawing out the characters. I started uh, writing out the story. And before you know it, I had something. And I guess about 20, 10 years later, I published my first book. <laughs> I've been drawing, I'm a self-taught artist, right? Um, I used to do a lot of comic books as a child as many of us have. And I did this key with a good 50 characters in it. Multicultural. However, inspecting, and I don't know why my mind goes to this mode, but inspecting the character and their nationality, I look at what I created and realize that all of the white characters in the control position. And at that moment, I changed the course of every piece of work that I did so that I kind of changed that narrative and told the story from the personal point of view, which usually is, is very desirable for the public because there's a certain level of love that they feel from you as a creator. But that showed me that there was some algorithm working subconsciously in my thoughts. Because who else creates that work? Nobody does. You normally create some of your experience. As David opened the, the conversation, which I thought was the most beautiful thing, is to take the idea of storytelling and make, and make it simple, the simple human experience of noticing the sun and the movement of your environment is that simple. You never place someone else over yourself. I'm going to end it here with saying, when the constants in the constants in the universe is change, stagnation is the inability to change. So don't worry about when it's going to come. It's going to come. It is the one constant. So do what you need to do to affect what you don't like, and then leave everything else where it is. We are out of time. I want to thank everybody for coming here because it really means a lot. There's so much other things going on. And just remember that we are part of the community. The last thing that I would say is, and this is sort of in response to one of the questions, was let's learn how to focus on the positive. Okay? Like, we don't need to talk about what we hate. We can talk about what we love. There's certain things that we can talk about that we hate that we need to 
change what we spend a lot of time talking about things that we hate and not really enough time talking about the things that we love. Life is way too short. Going to small press section, finding Jean at her table, which is uh, she says it's like I'm at food, two thirty eight. And really kind of just out there saying you have to buy it. So go buy something, discover something new that you love, and then tell your friends about it. If you find something that you hate, just hate it. <laughs> <laughs> just hate it and throw it out. Let's, and yeah, and don't share it. Embrace the positive. That's the thing. Thank you so much. <laughs> 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 <laughs>